Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm John Guidos, the COO of Established and a managing member of Established Ventures and the team behind the Startup of the Year community in this very podcast. Some of our loyal listeners might notice that I'm filling in as host today for our co-CEO, Frank Gruber, who is sitting this one out because he is actually the person interviewing our guest today, and you will still be definitely hearing from him later in the episode. On this episode, we're going to be listening to a fireside chat that Frank did with Jeff Finnick at our ninth annual Startup of the Year Summit, which we hosted with Embark Collective, an organization he stood up under the leadership of Lakshmi Shinoy. Aside from standing up at Embark Collective, Jeff is a very interesting guy, to say the least. Notably, he is the owner of the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. He is also an incredibly accomplished entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist, amongst other things. His efforts are transforming the Tampa Bay region, as it was recently listed by Forbes as a top emerging tech city. Jeff was one of our many speakers at Summit, and the good news is that we will be sharing most of those talks, fireside chats, and panels to the podcast over the next few months, so please keep a lookout for those episodes in the future. Okay, here we go. Now let's jump into Frank's chat with Jeff Finnick. Let's get started. Where should we begin? Um, all right. So actually, we're, we're, sitting, <laughs> we're sitting in this beautiful space. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great. Um, and, you know, this space, you know, wasn't here a few years ago. And you, you're, you were kind of new to the area about 10 years ago. So I wanted to hone in on, on what it was like uh, and walk us through how you got to this point where you've got this amazing space. We've got all these innovators watching. We've got people watching from all over the world. And I want to just get your sense of how this all happened. It just happened. I mean, if you had told me 12 years ago when I was living up in Boston, had you know, a hedge fund, equity hedge fund, if you had told me I'd be living in Tampa, uh, we would, my family would have moved here. I'd own a hockey team. We won two Stanley Cups. I'm working on a real estate development, $4 billion with Bill Gates, standing and sitting inside, lying inside an innovation hub. I sometimes feel like I'm in a river, you know, and there are rocks and it's just kind of going and yeah, it just happened. Um, uh, interesting. I actually wanted to follow up on that. So did you follow the river then? You don't have like a, like a plan with a PowerPoint presentation trying to figure this out. Like you just kind of take where life takes you or how, how do you approach things? Uh, yes. My wife's watching. So I gotta be careful about that. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> Penny. Is it Penny? Penny. Oh, nice. Hello, Penny. <laughs> Hi, hon. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm exaggerating when I say that. I mean, why did I buy, why did I move to Tampa Bay? Why did we move to Tampa Bay? Why did I buy the hockey team? You know, I was turning 50 years old and was looking for, to reinvent myself and love the sport of hockey, love sports, love the business of sports and did a lot of research and ended up buying the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, a lot of real estate was available around the arena and it's like, oh, it's, it's you know, across the street. I guess we should buy this parcel and this parcel was during the recession you know, 12 years ago, the Great Recession. And then, you know, the next thing you know, we own 50, 60 acres of real estate. We're doing a big development. And then we look around the area. It's like, well, uh, where do I think we can, you know, have a high profile owning a team? Where can, where can I make a difference? Where, you know, where can I kind of use my megaphone? And the two things that I decided to, um, because the hockey team and the real estate had great CEOs, 
which is my theme on everything, as you know, Frank, hire great people and get out of the way, let them do their jobs. But, um, you know, like, where can I hopefully make a difference in the two areas that I've focused on the last five years? Transportation, public transportation, trying to improve that. And uh, innovation in, you know, this hub here, led by some great people, Lakshmi Shinoy, as everybody knows, she's been tremendous. And uh, we're moving the needle, and it's exciting. So I've answered all your questions. Well, that makes it easy. I think we're done here. No. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So that makes a lot of sense. I, I think what's interesting to me is um, you kind of you change careers totally. Like uh, you were doing amazing work. You, you, you read your profile out there. You have a whole Wikipedia about yourself. You know your page. It basically tells you you were returning people's money as part as a hedge fund, um, you know, asset asset manager for like. Was it like 50%? Like they were getting some crazy returns. And then you look at like what, what you do with the hockey team. You bought it, I think, for $170 million. It's definitely worth more than that now. They've won back-to-back -back champions. So, you've, I mean, that return on that is even is, is probably significant as well. So I guess what I'm saying is, what are you doing that makes this kind of everything you touch turn kind of into that, you know, double your money kind of returns and things well, like that? Well, you don't nature? know the ones that I lost money on. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about those. You may want to lay down again. Let's talk about those. Uh, this is early stage. Every yeah. early stage company, every early stage company I've invested in, I've made money on. Okay. No, I have plenty of losers right. out there. Plenty of things go yeah. wrong. Right. Um, I've had I've had challenging periods in the market. For, fortunately, never any big down years. Okay. Been able to avoid that. But uh, and the hockey team, uh, it's all about fun and enjoyment and trying to make a difference in the Tampa Bay community. Mm -hmm. I'm winning. I'm winning, right. of course. But uh, I never that was never thought about being an investment. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if you look at what I do day in and day out, yeah, I, I try to help out with this a little bit and I'm involved with the team a little bit. What I still do is kind of invest in the stock market. That's what gives, that's what I find the most fun. So you find joy in that. Okay. So, oh, yeah, but I don't run anybody else's money. I just run your own. our family's money and our family. Oh, okay, great. So you're not totally out of, out of the game totally. You're still just doing it for fun. That's good. You know, I guess the river wants me to keep doing it. <laughs> uh, the river seems amazing. I got to find this river. <laughs> Sometimes you go off on offshoots yeah. in the river. Here's a, here's a story. So I started my hedge fund. I was at Fidelity from 1986 to 96. Yep. Started my hedge fund in 1996. Mm -hmm. We had a good run to 2000. Gave back all our investors' money in 2000. That's what I read. That's Yeah, 2004, that's we went back in business. Yep. Right? Because it was like, you have this pendulum work and family. Went too much to family. I'm already coaching all their teams and all. We got to get that back in the middle. Right. The work. Mm -hmm. so went back into business in 2004. Kind of shut down 2012, 13, a couple of years after coming down here and just was too much to do. Right. For some, I'm talking about things that fail. For some crazy reason, I decided in 2018 I should start up my hedge fund again and do it again. Oh, wow. And um, what I was thinking, I have no idea. <laughs> and I, I shut that down six Quickly. months later because right. who has time? That I didn't have time. To you were do doing that. a lot of things. So yeah. I do a lot of things that don't work out. That's okay. my point. No, no, definitely. Um, so... That's interesting. So I, I think that, you know, the ability to be able to see when that's not going to work out and you don't want to do that is, is, is critical as well. But let's talk about, you talk about people. Sell your losers bit. quickly. Sell your losers quickly. I hear that. All right. So uh, let's talk about your, the people, right? You, you, yeah. you, you have a process, I think. I don't know for sure I'm asking you this. Do you have a process for finding good people? Because it seems like you, you, you want to put a lot in, instill a lot of, of, you know, trust in people and whatnot. And so how do you do that as, as a startup founder, as a business owner, as a Hedge fund manager as a person, how do you find good people and, and trust them? I'd say hard work would be the um, common denominator, which means, you know, depending on how senior the position is, spending a lot of time with that person under different conditions. Um, 
I always like to, somebody senior, I always like to make sure in the initial stages we go to a restaurant, want to see how they treat the waiter and maitre d' and all that. I mean, I have a no, if you're not nice to the waiter, kind of have a zero tolerance policy, and that's when they're on their best behavior, right? right. So a lot of work, checking a lot of references, yeah. um, getting, just trying to get to know somebody you know, usually they have to check them before I meet with somebody. They have to check a number of boxes, like they've had success where they've been. Right. Where, you know, they're they're smart. They have good values. They have high integrity. Mm-hmm. That's kind of required. But beyond that, it's just seeing how well we click. Do we have the same values? Do we have the same plan? Uh, when I hired Steve Eiserman to be general manager of the Lightning, mm-hmm. when I started, um, he was very clear to me, and I agreed. We're, we're not winning overnight here. It's going to take a number of years to do things the right way, to draft players, to be patient with them in the minor leagues, to develop them. That takes years. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky, most people think he's the best goalie in the world. We drafted him, I think it was 2012. Right. He didn't. He just started hitting his prime in the last year or two. That's nine years. Right. He was 18 at the time. Now he's in his late 20s. Now he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just funny. General instant success, in instant success, right? Like, uh, General manager. Well, it's true with anything. You right. got to be patient. Yeah. General yeah. managers in hockey probably have an average career length of five years. That doesn't even give time for their initial selections to even see whether they're good. It takes right. years to know whether somebody's going to develop. Right. Rating them far too quickly. But anyway, Steve Eiserman and I were on the same page in, in terms of, you know, uh, the values of the organization, the integrity, mm-hmm. long-term nature of creating a winner. And uh, Steve has moved on, but, you know, Julian Brisebois, who worked for Steve, who's now our GM, has continued with the same philosophies. And it sounds like there's a bit of directness there, too, right? Like, the, the, he was able to tell you, like, this is not, you know, this is going to take some time. And you, you, and you took that. So do you look for that, like, directness in people where they're just like, tell me how it is or, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have a substantial conversation. Right, 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 yeah. Um, we're all busy, and yeah. there's no time for BSers, frankly. Right. You know, you can be direct, but you can still be nice. You don't have to yell at somebody right. yeah. Them yeah. To, to answer a question. It's yeah. the same thing with Steve and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Lakshmi here, who, yep. who's running this. Yep. So uh, the process by which this came about, I'm sure it's on your list. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I don't know, about five years ago, and at that time, I determined that Wanted to see if we could, um, you know, just give a little uh, jump start or a little extra acceleration to the startup community here. Yep. Doing well, but I knew, uh, I, I thought there, I might be able to help it do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. My partner, Jim O'Connell, and I, um, my family office president, he and I spent two years just mm-hmm. talking to people, traveling the country, mm-hmm. reading books, reading on the internet. I heard you're an avid reader. Like just, you, you, I you, am. I read like eight or 10 hours a day. Wow. That's what I do. And um, uh, I, I love learning new things. And to me, that was completely new real estate. I didn't know anything about commercial right. real estate. I knew enough, as they say, to be dangerous. Right. But I also know you got to hire experts because I'm not going to be an expert. I'm not going to be a CEO of Embark Collective. Mm-hmm. So we did a ton of research. Ironically, the first person we visited was Lakshmi at 1871 in Chicago, and uh, who knew a year and a half later be calling her up and say, Lakshmi, mm-hmm. trying to set up something like 1871. Do you have any interest in coming down to Tampa to do it? 
Uh, we live in a great place here. That's my, my, I mean, this is a wonderful place to live with incredible opportunity, mm-hmm. which now people are starting to realize. And, um, yeah. you know, the number of tech companies that have moved here in the last year and, you know, it doesn't hurt probably having Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> Gets uh, a little more attention. Just, yeah. It, but yeah. it's an incredible place to live. If you look at the population, by the way, the yeah. middle of the state, mm-hmm. it is growing 2 to 3%. Miami population is actually shrinking. Now, Miami is a great place, too, right. but it's crowded. We're sitting in the fastest growing area of the country here to Orlando over the next 20 years. There is no doubt about it. This yeah. is where the opportunity is. So anyway, that was my pitch to Lakshmi, and yep. it's still my pitch now. And now it's actually happening, man. It was. Yeah, I heard a, some crazy stuff. And I validated these, but I heard it was like 500 people a day at some point were moving here from other places. Is that true? Uh, Five million people a day are moving, something like that. Oh, to here, to here, to here. <laughs> More people moved to Florida Florida yeah. in the last year than Texas even, and wow. uh, by a lot. Yeah. And it was all in the middle of the state, though, because the southern part of the state, as I said, Miami actually lost people. Oh. So, I mean, I was a huge driver when I bought the hockey team, and yeah. when we did the real estate, having population increase 2% a year, it's incredible. It's crazy, yeah. Going. And it's, it's impacted real estate, right? So you are a real estate investor, too, yep. and you've got uh, SPP is your, your company, and you've done, like as you mentioned earlier, um, working with Cascade, which is Bill Gates's company, yep. and you've built some things for that influx, right, of people, right? So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, as I said, we were able to buy about 50 acres of land downtown next to the arena, surrounded by water, I mean, on all sides. Sounds right on the water, yeah. That's. I mean, that this was available in a major right. city in the U.S. Yeah. for like 40, 50 cents on the dollar. Wow. And um, we didn't know what we were going to do with it, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, because I, originally I said, Worst case is it goes up in value over time. Best case, we yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So again, a lot of reading, meet, ton of meetings, ton of conversations just to educate myself about commercial real estate, yep. about urban real estate, about walkable cities. Jeff Speck, mm. that was, he, he was the key in terms of understanding the, um, the structure of how we wanted this uh, uh, you know, Water Street Tampa to look. Yep. And as everybody can see now, our first phase, which is $2 billion, is mm-hmm. basically all built. Yep. Just starting to get uh, restaurants, retail, supply chain ca- challenges are killing a supply right. chain. Yep. They're all moving in over this year, and it's incredible. Now we're about to start phase two, which is probably just about the same size as phase one. Oh, wow. But anyway, um, didn't know what we were going to do with it, and you know, ended up uh, Todd Lywicki, who is the CEO of the Lightning, who best manager in sports, he introduced me to Michael Larson who runs the Bill Gates's money, basically. Cascade, right? Cascades, yep, Cascade mm-hmm. Investment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hit it off great, and they've mm-hmm. been a partner here, and uh, it's been a terrific relationship. I think the world of them, wh- how much they've contributed to this. And Yeah, I heard um, it's like their biggest real estate investment. Is that true? It is. It is their biggest real estate investment. They're going to wow. be doing more of this as they go along. Right. But, you know, it was quite the endorsement that um, Michael saw the potential in mm-hmm. Tampa Bay that I saw and others saw. So right. uh, very exciting. Very exciting. So have you, through that relationship, have you worked with Bill directly or is it more, more through Michael? No, uh, you know, we, uh, Bill knows what's going on. In fact, they're having their annual meeting down here next Oh, week, wow. Okay. Which is nice. So, so if uh, you stick around, you might see Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it here physically? No, it's somewhere else. <laughs> it's, not in, it's not in Embark, in Embark right? So. Uh, we'll come over to Embark. Okay, we'll good. Okay, good. Bill. Bill Gates is coming. Get ready. <laughs> okay, ready. Um, have him come today. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, I've met Bill a couple of times, okay. but, but uh, we, don't, we don't play tennis together. Okay, okay. Or bridge. Yeah. He plays bridge. I didn't know that. All right, so. I think so. <laughs> Doesn't he play with Warren Buffett in that group? Probably, yeah, probably. All right, so moving along. Um, I, I, I think it's really just interesting. Like, I love talking to people that have had success and have kind of 
decided to do something different, change, and continue to then have success because it's, a, it's an approach and a daily approach, right? So I just want to dig in a little more about that. Like, what is your daily approach? Like, how do you do this, like, every single day? Like, what, is, what are some things that people could take about your, like, what you do and how you do it? I think that's interesting because you've been able to just keep going and march along. And, you know, you make it sound really trivial, but, it, you know, what you're doing is... is I, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hire good people. I mean, I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> Okay. Uh, I mean, on the investment business, yeah. I hired myself because I think I'm uh, decent at doing that. Yeah. But uh, well, let's, let's dig into that then. How did you get into that? How did you get into investing? My father was involved in a different aspect of the uh, stock market. Okay. Uh, but he never shared it at home. So it wasn't until I graduated college that I realized I had the interest. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was 1981 when I graduated. A terrible recession at that mm -hmm. time. I couldn't get a job. And I eventually, three months after graduating, um, you know, kids, nobody got credit cards back then. It was right. didn't exist really. Yeah. Uh, um, that was the peak of inflation mm -hmm. before it's come down, before it's gone up. Um, I love the markets. Weren't oh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, how did I get into it? Yeah. So I got into it. I, that, that's the job I got and yeah. I loved it as an, a security analyst. I loved it and went back to business school, got hired by Fidelity and, uh, uh, started doing well. Well, yeah, I'm lucky. Uh, how fortunate that something I love to do, I seem to be okay at, and uh, and it pays well. So uh, yeah. that's that's kind of luck, because as I tell my kids, be the best teacher, be the best social worker, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do, just be really good at it and passionate about it. Now, are any of your kids interested in what you're doing? Like, do they any of them like? No, they're kids. Know. They don't have any. Uh, <laughs> Oh, how old are your kids? You got? No, they're old. Okay, okay. Uh, the, so not little. Three of them are about thirty, and one of them's okay. twenty-one. On, okay. Uh, Saturday, so we're going to New Orleans. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we should go to Gasparilla, but it's gonna be like thirty degrees here or something. Yeah, there'll be a lot of pirates around too. Yeah. So be careful. Um, what's the question? Oh, yeah. So, kids yeah, in what, yeah, are they interested in the in what you're doing? Like, are, like could they even like jump in and? Um, all of a sudden, I'm seeing a remake of like Succession. No, I don't think so. Like no? <laughs> my, okay. my oldest son is a lawyer in D.C. Like, oh, okay. He likes politics and policy. Mm -hmm. My second oldest is a clothing designer. Flonlabs.com. Flonlabs.com. Oh, okay. So she's okay. got a, her, um, own, her own line. Uh, he, oh, yeah. It's oh, amazing he, stuff that okay. he comes out with. Okay. Uh, and it's for what, what kind of, what kind of stuff life. is it for? Or what, what kind of, what, is there any? It's like streetwear, urban wear, oh, that kind okay, of thing. Cool. It's amazing what he produced. Flan Labs. Oh, anyway. Flan, la um, Flan Labs. <laughs> Flan Labs. Everyone get that. Flan Labs. <laughs> F-L-A-N-L-A-B-S.com. Okay. Uh, but his website isn't that good. Anyway. Yeah. So I think we spent well, enough time I think there's some people here. here that could help with that. So <laughs> they're watching along. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So then I have, uh, what are, well, we're talking kids, right? Then yeah, I got a daughter who's a have to go back to get her master's degree up in Boston. Oh, cool. And then my youngest down here is into uh, theater and being a stage manager, stuff like that. So in that group, I don't find anybody who's actually going to be, uh, who's actually going to be uh, working with me for the foreseeable future. Okay. So they're not as interested. Okay. Well, let's talk about, um, you, you are also very active in, in philanthropy, right? So you, you give back a lot and you, you are helping really focus on the community here. So let's talk about some of the things you're doing in the community. Um, organizations and resources you've created for the community. I'm just, I just think it's interesting because you know you've come to this point. You now you're just, you're just giving back nonstop. Well, uh, you know, first of all, this is a nonprofit, so this counts. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'll say it. Uh, if you're fortunate to have, you know, made a lot of money, mm -hmm. it's kind of easy to give back because it 
you still have a lot of money after you get right. back. So I think rich, <laughs> rich people who don't give back, okay, shame on them. But rich right. people who do give back, uh, that's what they should do. Um, and as I said, I've been very fortunate, been very lucky. A lot of things have gone the right way. And my wife would agree with that completely. Our parents, both of our parents, instilled um, philanthropy and giving back. And uh, it's, it's a great thing to do to be able to, you know, help organizations that we think are really helping people. Right. And, you know, being an owner of a sports team allows mm-hmm. us to do that. Do that a lot, yeah. We're going to talk to Derek Brooks tomorrow about some of the stuff he's doing in the community. So let's talk about, so you've invested now in, in Wall Street, you continue to do that. You invested in real estate and you continue to do that. You've done a lot of community you know, support as well. And so now let's talk about startups. I know you've, you've invested in startups. I don't know too much about what you've invested in or how you do that. So I'd love yeah. for you to share a little bit more about that and your approach and, and what you've learned through that process. I, I, I've learned so much about investing in startups uh, the hard way. And that doesn't mean, no, I've had a mixed record. I haven't had a negative record, but it's kind of been a mixed record, um, which is par for the course. Uh, maybe it's a birdie for the course. Um, so I started, so some of the things like equity markets, I know how to do that and buyouts, LBOs and private equity. That's the same business as investing in the public equity. What I didn't realize when I started is venture is not that business. Here's the biggest lesson I learned in the beginning in the public markets, most stocks go up over time big cap stocks, because they're established companies that have already gone through the rigors and are successful. So most large companies do well over time, go up. In the venture world, it's the opposite. It's so hard to succeed in venture. Great idea, great people, and a little luck. Probably takes all of that, among other things. Unfortunately, most venture, you know, 80 or 90% fail is the sad you know, reality act yeah. of the matter. Right. I don't think I have no one here. No one here. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. right, right, right. Well, Embark, we have a zero tolerance failure. <laughs> um, so, yep, uh, right. in fact, I think when you pay rent, it comes with the guarantee. <laughs> we could raise the price a lot if we could provide that guarantee. Yep. Um, uh, so, it took me a while not to, to realize that everything sounded great because I'm an optimist. Um, I've learned. I've learned in life that things work out, like global warming, climate change. I have this fight with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's a serious issue. I'd say. Figure it out. Yep. Yep. We're going to figure it out. We're figuring it out too late. Mm-hmm. And I get all the concerns, and we should be doing a lot more uh, as a global community. But just like insurmountable problems previously, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a shortage of oil in 1980. Right. You know what? Here we are 40 years ago, 40 years later. Yep. Enough oil. Uh, prices in any is much lower in inflation adjusted terms. So we'll figure so we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Why did I go off on that tangent? I don't know, but let's go back to ventures. Start, startups. Yeah, I mean just startups. For. Your approach. Maybe I there was absolutely some things, no idea. It was that's okay. There were some probably nuggets in there maybe about startups you've invested in or thoughts that things that you've done to kind of Oh, you give me too much credit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I'd love to learn more about what your what So are. so I've gotten better with venture over time. Yeah. I've gotten more discerning. Um uh, more diligence, understanding, you know. Mm-hmm. What excites you? What excites you on the startup side? Is there, is there certain th- types of things you're just like, oh, man, I love that? That's a good question. Um, excites me to see high, high-quality leader, passion, mm-hmm. 
you know, working whatever it takes, working around the clock, as you know, it's, it's tough. It's, yeah. I, I hats off to every startup uh, leader and employee out there. Uh, what you guys do is so critical to our society. Here's a statistic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be off by 5 or 10%, but 60%, I just read this a week ago, 60% of, I, I don't have exactly, 60% of like venture, comp, of, of people working in venture in the world mm -hmm. are working in the U.S., Wow. And only 20% are Americans or 25%. Like yeah. Chinese are all working in the U.S. Right. That's why one should be bullish on the U.S. because we've cornered the market in general. I mean, there are other yeah. Israel does well and other areas do well, certainly. Yeah. But it's we're the center of it. And yeah. that is so positive for what's going on. Yeah, other places approach it differently, right? Like UK is a lot of private equity. It's not as much straight venture. There's a lot of different approaches, I guess. But intellectual um, talent... Yeah, that's here. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll let you ask another question. I, I completely. Yeah, no, that's okay. That I, I'm having a great time here, so hopefully you are too. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. This. Okay, great. Um, so, okay, so you've done a lot with your career, and I, I hate, you know, I don't want to say like hone this in on legacy necessarily, because like you're you're just, you know, I don't, I don't like yeah, I don't like that word either. So really, what I'm trying to get to is how do you, what drives you every day? Like what what drives you to do what you're doing? You've done so much in Tampa and in general here. I just want to know what what is it that's driving you. People who say, thank you, Mr. Vinnick, for what you're doing for our city. There you go. I hear it. And they, oh. <laughs> Thanks. And they often say, I know you hear this a lot, but, and I said, oh, I never hear it too much. That's really the answer is. Right. That's your fuel. You know what? It, it, it's fuel, but it's, it's kind of fun to try to make a, dif try to make a difference yeah. in a place. And yep. uh, I guess. I just read a book about the importance of meaning in life. Um, and I guess, I guess it's appreciation. Uh, well, it's not just, I appreciate myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but others like showing the impact, like making you know, an it, impact. It, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of a lot of the things I've done. And it's again, I'm proud of cascade and everybody, right. Lakshmi and everybody else that's working here. They're the ones who have executed all this. I just kind of set a few things in motion, but um, uh, it's, it's um, what's the word? Not satisfactory. Um, uh, uh, what's the word where, I can't believe I, I'll think of it. Okay, I call you know it COVID brain. I can't think of anything anymore. You know, give me a phone number. I will call okay. it in when okay. I think of the word. Perfect. Today. Yeah, let's do that. And you can tell everybody what right, the I will tell is. you my phone number. Does we'll anybody know what the word is? Satisfying. Satisfying. I was going to say satisfaction. It's a whole, whole set. I can't get that no satisfaction. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah, so. It's a good yeah, song. I get, yeah. Okay, so we got that. I get right. satisfaction. You get satisfaction. I can't get no. Okay. Um, you know the song I'm talking about, right? Okay, okay. It's, it was a popular. I'm pretty Is that sure. Rolling Stones? I think it was. Yeah, it was Rolling Stones. Yeah. Popular song. Um, they do it better than I do. Uh, so next, listen, we are at, we're almost at time here, and I appreciate you taking it. I really do. And I thank you for being here because I know you're busy, super busy, doing a thousand things, as you just explained. Um, what um, what excites you about the next five to ten years? I tell a funny story. I love funny stories. I'm actually I love funny stories. Yes. So I'm looking at my leg here. Yeah. So. This I can't even put mine up. This chair is weird. I can't even put my leg up. It's the. You know, I usually can't either, but it's not the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to tell this story. It's okay, a funny go story. for it. Yeah. So this is like 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was interviewing for a job with Goldman Sachs, right? Yep. And you know they were at that time the top of the top. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous about the job. I was perspiring, and I sat like this for a half hour during an interview. Yep. Oh, <laughs> not good. 
Yep, the interview's over. I didn't go well. So oh, no. Probably didn't matter. Yep. I stand up. My leg had fallen asleep. Boom. I fall down. Oh, no. Okay, move I'm slowly. I feel a little numb here. Okay, so put I'm your leg like, down. We're going to try to air it. Yeah, there you go. Move, shake it out a little bit. That's hilarious. Uh, Hopefully you're okay. A funny story. Yeah. yeah, anyway. That's pretty funny. So don't sit like that. So it's probably good I'm not. So just to end, I wanted to find out your, you know, we're going to put the future cap on, right? Like where do you, where do you see this in five to ten years? What's your ultimate oh. goal? And Yeah, we're in the... Uh, this is early early innings still, right? I'd say. This is the early innings, but... Um, you know, we're we're ahead eight nothing after three innings. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I'm a Cubs fan, so that you know that could go either way. You had your moment, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, versus the Lightning, we're having a lot of a lot of moments, a lot of moments. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, I mean, it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy, and it's now happening. Going back to my premise, it's an unbelievable place to live, this Tampa Bay area, but hadn't been discovered. And that's what I was thinking about it 12 years ago. It is now discovered. Yeah. So it's just going to roll on itself. And, you know, we, we get more, more companies here. We get more capital here. We get more investors here. We get more customers here. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is, is now a, a virtuous circle, a flywheel. That's one of the words you guys use, yep. a flywheel. Uh, really going in the right direction, and we've just got to keep uh, keep the culture right of uh, hunger mm-hmm. and um, creativity. We just got to keep that culture right and keep driving this area. And I don't mean embark; I mean the the Tampa Bay Wave and USF and all. There are all kinds of, of uh, different I mean, institutions, SOEs around here. We all need to work together to get to just keep the keep the um uh the momentum going absolutely and there's been such amazing support and i appreciate you being here and everyone that's doing everything they're doing here to make us very welcome so thank you and thank you jeff thank you so much for your time really appreciate we sat we're satisfied with what you're doing and hopefully you're satisfied that we're satisfied and we're all satisfied i'm very satisfied that you're all here (laughs) because uh um you know don't leave because now you got to come back because you got to come back for our 50 days in a row of 75 degrees and yeah (laughs) <laughs> right after we leave. Hopefully not. Hope we get, hopefully it comes out tomorrow. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Jeff. Let's hear it for Jeff Vinnick. Wow, that was pretty amazing stuff. Thank you to Jeff and to all of our speakers down in Tampa. We really enjoyed having you all down there. And hopefully added a little bit of value to our startups and attendees and, and investors that traveled down to Tampa to participate in the great event down there. So... We also want to again mention that we live stream the event, so if you could not attend in person, make sure to go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel can be found at SOTY.link forward slash EST YouTube. Shifting gears again here for a second, we also want to again mention Finmark because they uh, really help startups with one of the most important and oftentimes confusing topics. They are a financial planning software for startups for revenue forecasting cash projections, and runway. And we obviously think that this would greatly help a lot of our community members. So please go check out Finmark and sign up for a free 30-day trial at est.us forward slash Finmark. And that's F-I-N-M-A-R-K. And for those of you listeners out there, if you're enjoying the conversations and interviews that we've been having on our podcast here every week, please do share it with someone uh, you think that will find it helpful. Sharing is caring, as Frank always says. Additionally, if you can, go ahead and subscribe and, you know, give us a good recommendation if you, you know, feel the need to do so. We'd really appreciate it. Well, that's our episode today. 
Remember, if you have a startup idea or you want to get something going, today is the best day to start up. So get out there and get rolling. And in doing so, we also encourage you to join our community for access to the support, expert advice, and resources you need to elevate your startup by going to SOTY.link forward slash apply. Until next time, I'm John Guidos signing off. We will see you back here for our next episode of the Startup of the Year podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.